Welcome back to the Colorado Springs Business Podcast. My name is Andrew Hasley, and I am the host of the show. Today, we have on Ronnie Haskins with Auto Search USA. Ronnie, how's it going? <laughs> I'm great, Andrew. How are you doing, man? I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I've yeah. been looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. I, I have too. Uh, I know uh, we met once uh, almost a year ago, which is wild. Like, I knew barely anyone, but I was like making a big impact in the city. I knew I was. I was trying to, to meet a bunch of people. People and, know yeah. about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're making a footprint. You're doing a good job. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. So so with AutoSearch uh, USA, how, how would you explain this business if you were to explain it in a couple of sentences? Oh, uh, yeah. So basically, AutoSearch USA, uh, we're a licensed Colorado dealer that provides auto broker services to help our clients in the city and across the country. So basically, new cars, used cars, sales, leasing, financing. It's an alternative way to purchase a vehicle without going to a dealership mm -hmm. and make your life really easy when it comes to buying or leasing a car. Interesting. I have some questions for that, and uh, I'm excited to get to that in this episode. But first, I'm going to read the ads. Great. Uh, the first uh, ad is actually my business, uh, Vehement Visuals. Uh, we we uh, create video production assets, uh, per, like professional pieces of content for businesses uh, that really help tell their story, uh, multi multi-video systems that can work for your business to help automate certain parts as well and that's uh vehement visuals and that's that's uh the ad i guess for vehement visuals i kind of i kind of improvise it uh every single time i don't really have a script but the second ad that leads into it is uh advertising the advertising space on this show if you'd like us to read an ad script about your business at the beginning of every episode we can do that 15 seconds to 30 second like ad script just a little promoting your business and what's cool about that i think a unique advertising opportunity that this show provides is that i read the ads in front of the guest uh, so you could even design your ad to interact with the guest if you wanted to. Nice. So I think that's a, a cool, unique uh, advertising uh, opportunity that no one's really like uh, uh, providing, really. So, cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's the second ad. And I, the third thing I'd like to promote is uh, the, the COS Business uh, Podcast Patreon account. Uh, although I am slacking on that, I do. Uh, we do add bonus content on there, and you get bonus pieces of, of ways, of, of things for the show, essentially. And that COS Business... Or that's actually patreon.com slash COS business. And uh, that's the Patreon. We do have a couple ads in the works, just waiting to get the scripts worked out uh, with uh, the, the people who are sponsoring the show. And uh, so that's going to happen soon. But right now, uh, those are the three ads. And uh, I'm going to roll the intro music and we'll get right into this episode with Ronnie Haskins. <laughs> this is a show where we have real conversations with entrepreneurs and business owners who are mostly in Colorado Springs doing things in the community of Colorado Springs. That little bling, bling, bling. That's my favorite part. <laughs> Did you make that music yourself? I didn't make the music, uh, but I do have it licensed. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're playing that guitar, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do play a little bit of guitar, but that's not the main main thing that I focus on. It's just a hobby at this point. It was uh, something that I was chasing, but but and that's not... This episode isn't about me. <laughs> it's about you, Ronnie. How's, how's, it, how's it going? How's it been? <laughs> it's been great. You know, it's been a fun year. Uh, I think everybody would agree 2020 is a fun year. Yeah, um, dude. <laughs> we're trying to keep it positive, you know. It's For like sure. People want to make it a bad thing. I'm like, you know what? You know, we, it's as entrepreneurs, it's always interesting. Mm -hmm. yes. you got to figure it out, right? For so sure. So you can't just sit there and blame 2020, the weather, or... You forgot to do your homework. You know, you gotta, you gotta do something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been a great year. I, Interesting. I, I agree, agree with that. Like when you say it's been a fun year, just because of my personality type, and also with entrepreneurs, they have a similar like personality type. They, 
I don't know about, I can't speak for every entrepreneur, but I know I thrive in chaos kind of, and it makes me, it makes me go even more. I don't know. It, it does something. I get what you're saying. I can definitely understand. Yeah. That. Yeah. So, so auto search USA, how, how, how long have you been doing that? I started in 1998. Oh, okay. One nine nine eight. So like it's been a couple of years, a couple, yeah. <laughs> a couple decades, I'd say. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty, that's pretty cool. What, what, what made you want to start, start doing that? Do you want my story? Oh uh, yes. Yes, please. Okay. So, <laughs> This is the deal. So I, I am really old. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm, I'm graceful, grateful to still be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in 1987, I graduated high school. Okay. And my parents, like a lot of parents out there, if you're watching this and you got kids like me, you're like, okay, you're going to be great. You're going to go straight to college. You're going to get all this stuff done. And I think a lot of parents put that on the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I don't blame my mom and dad. I'm just like, you know, this was their dream that I was going to go to college and be the first Haskins to do anything in college and graduate mm-hmm. and all that stuff. The The person actually ended up being my baby brother. Okay. He was the first Haskins to graduate, Chris okay. Haskins. So <laughs> nice. he, he obviously uh, didn't. Actually, it's a funny story. I got a master's degree in one year. So I went to college at 17 years old. Everybody's going to, you know, you're going to be this master at college. And so I got a master's in one year, and I didn't need to go back for a PhD. I was like, I've had enough college after mm-hmm. one year. I turned 18, and I'm good. I mastered, um, you know, partying. Yeah. Okay. I got you. You got that's, that now. That's right. the best. That's the, the easiest thing to master when you're 17. I mastered it in one year. So that's it's like, why fast, do I need to go back for a PhD? Right. Yeah, so yeah. obviously what I'm saying is I bombed out of college mm-hmm. and I needed to figure out what I was going to do with my life. My entire family's mad at me now. My dad mm-hmm. hated me. No, I don't, he probably didn't hate me. He was just upset, disappointed. This was 88? This was 87. Okay. 87. Yeah. 87, 88. I was at Norfolk State, Colorado, uh, Norfolk State, Virginia at the beach going okay. to college. Like nobody thought this through. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're going to send you to the beach and you're going to go be a good college kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't For know, sure. guys. At 17, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, by the time I was 18, I realized I wasn't going to make it in college. So I joined the army. Okay. And I uh, went to Georgia and then Desert Shield, Desert Storm was my wartime and mm-hmm. deployment and. Uh, and 92 is when I got out, but the army was a good, it was a good thing for me because it taught me a lot of things, Yes, you know, and you might find this funny, but like making your bed, um, it's mm. weird. I still do that today. Now it's not made like I used to make it in the army, for but sure. I feel uncomfortable walking out of my bedroom if the, if it's not straightened up, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, what the army gave me was direction, self-accountability, um, I had to get up, be somewhere on time mm-hmm. every day for four years and all of this stuff. So I ended up doing eight years total after I got out, I, I stayed in the reserves. Okay. Uh, but anyhow, 92, I get out and I go to Minnesota and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, um, go to school to be a police officer. And that was great. I was, you know, everybody told me they were, you know, they were trying to put me in a box. Mm-hmm. Like people wanted me in a box, like, cause everybody raising me mm-hmm. was in a box. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically in my community, the leading um, job you could get was a postman or a UPS driver. Hmm. Postman, you know, like. That's like the best job? The best. Wow, like, okay. It, they, it's gar- back in the 80s, like that's guaranteed income the rest of your life. Okay. With a pension. Mm-hmm. Uh, that same thing with UPS. My father-in-law is actually a retired UPS guy. So that's okay. a true story. Like he did 31 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he retired with a pension. So like that's really what the box people were trying to put me in. Mm-hmm. So police officer came up, you know, had all the military stuff. And they're like, you can go do this. And I, I agreed. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do this. Did you want to do it? 
I don't think I had any passion for it, mm -hmm. uh, but I thought, okay, I got to do something. Mm -hmm. You and knew you had the skill set for it, or the you knew you could make it as a, as a police officer. After the military, I knew I was disciplined enough to do it. I yeah, figured yeah. it'd be a cakewalk. I, you know, no offense to it. I should, don't put that in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna stay. We don't cut it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. anyhow, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say being a police officer compared mm -hmm. to the army is a cakewalk. It's just like I knew I could do it. I mm -hmm. knew it, I was going to be able to get through the schooling. You through the training, the testing, physically, all that stuff. I knew it'd be fine. Mm -hmm. uh, but you were built for it. That's what you're saying. I was, <laughs> I was built for it. I was 22 at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty much still indestructible. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was getting straight A's in college, and I was, I had to get a job to make money. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't just live off of nothing. So. Yeah. I got hired at, at, you know, some of you listening to this may understand this if you don't have a college degree. I was looking for um, a job, and mm -hmm. nobody would hire me but people in sales, you know, sales positions were the only jobs hiring. Okay. And I did not want a sales position. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be in sales. There's This is the last thing I want to do. And um, unfortunately, those were the only people hiring. Okay. And so um, I took a job at a car dealership. And did amazingly well the first year mm -hmm. and made a lot of money. And I realized, wow, I don't really want to be a police officer. So it sounds like it was actually more fortunate that they were they were the only ones hiring because you found, I guess, a calling? Yeah, I think mm -hmm. so. I mean, and there was a lot more to that story, too. Like, uh, my uh, skill sets in the Army did not translate into the civilian world. So nobody would hire me for those skill sets either. Mm. And so it was, you're right. Absolutely right. So 20-something years later, I look back on it and I'm like, Really glad that happened. For sure. Even though it was unfortunate, I'm glad it happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so I, I stayed at that one dealership for five years, mm -hmm. 23 to 28. I was 28 years old, and I realized at that point in time, I love the car business, but I don't like the way the clients get treated. Mm -hmm. I do not like it. I don't like that I have to present a certain thing no matter what is the best thing for them. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to help people, and so... Um, I wasn't getting a lot of sleep anymore. I was like, this sucks. You know, I'm making a lot of money, but I'm not uh, getting any fulfillment from mm -hmm. what I'm doing. And I feel like I'm not an asset for a client. Mm -hmm. So I left, moved and, to Boulder. And that sounds like it's around 98, 98 is when you started <laughs> the auto search. Well, I came in, in Boulder. I came in 98. If any of you guys are from Boulder, there's a place called uh, Canyon Boulevard. Um, if you've ever been there, it's a nice little street that goes up into the mountains and you're driving up that street and look to the right, there's some outdoor basketball courts. Mm -hmm. And for us older guys, that's what we did on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. You know, so on Saturdays, uh, nowadays, I might play my video game or do something else. Okay. <laughs> Back then, it was like, where are we balling at this weekend? Okay. Where are we shooting hoop? You know, and so it was, that's where I met my best friend. Mm -hmm. He's still my best friend today in 98. Nice. Yeah. Pick up basketball. Like, we're just on the streets shooting ball all day long. And okay. then at night, we go watch Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, after about three months of that, um, I started running out of money For and sure. I realized I needed to do something. So I figured I'm going to be a broker. Mm -hmm. And so I found, uh, this company, which was just a startup at the point. It was all happenstance. Right. I mean, and I just walked in the door with my suit on and said, you guys are going to hire me. Nice. That's, that's the kind of attitude you need to have. <laughs> I don't think I was any different than you, Andrew. Hasley. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, you know, there was no foresight. There was no books as you know, the entrepreneur's of 1998, uh, I'll be honest with you, I was considered a loser because I wouldn't go back to college and I mm -hmm. kept chasing these little dreams. And um, 
you look at the entrepreneurs now and they're considered heroes, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, every, oh, it's another superhero entrepreneur mm-hmm. out there. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Uh, but it wasn't that way in the 90s. You know, mm-hmm. uh, people were um, really focused on finishing college. Yeah, that's what uh, I only have that kind of insight uh, thanks to Gary Vaynerchuk because he, he uh, put, uh, talks on that a lot, how like really? entrepreneurship was not uh a very looks yeah it was kind of yeah <laughs> loser yeah yeah he said like if he was in if if him when he was 10 years old was like now he would be like on headlines because he was like making like thousands of bucks like off of trading cards and stuff like that yeah but but no it was like looked at as like a loser kind of move <laughs> you get that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so i started with the company in 98 i told them you can have me for a few years but i'm looking to build this on my own and uh Luckily, it worked out. I mean, you, once again, you look back on my life, we, we, we were the right people at the right time, and uh, they gave me the opportunity to open up Colorado Springs in 2000, so that's when I moved here. Okay. I didn't know a soul, just like you. I came to town, didn't know anybody, and mm-hmm. um, I didn't actually buy the franchise until 2007. Oh, okay. So I worked on it for a long time uh, nice. before I actually put my money in. And so it, it is a franchise? I'm the okay. first franchisee and the only one. Oh, nice. Okay, so that's kind of a unique position. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that kind of means, like, it's not really a franchise, even though it is a franchise? <laughs> it's a licensing agreement. I mean, you know, we are still connected. It takes a lot to do what I do, and mm-hmm. uh, you need a team of people that, that make it go. Um, but I'm very proud of it, too. For sure. You know, we, we're still together, and uh, the guy that brought me in has been a mentor to me for 20 years. I nice, think everybody nice. needs somebody like that in their life. Definitely. So what is, uh, when you say broker, what, is the, what does that mean? I'm not familiar with the, uh, what that exactly means. Auto broker is a word I am starting to use again uh, because I didn't use it for a long time because there's other companies that put that word in their name. Mm-hmm. And so people in general don't know what it means, Yeah, yeah. right? Uh, so to make it very simple, auto broker means that I'm in this for you. Mm-hmm. You know, people will argue and be like, well, he's making money. Yeah, I'm making money. But the thing is, is, this is not about me selling cars. This mm-hmm. is about what is good for you. Yeah, yeah. And if that fits, we'll do business. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, being a broker means that when you sit down with me or anybody on my team, we're going to talk about what your best interests are and also challenge your thinking to look at other options um, unless you really just have to have what you want. And that, mm-hmm. that's how we get clients. They really want this one only car in this color or they're open to, hey, what's the best thing for my family? I've been driving a minivan for 10 years. We want to go to a truck. This is what our budget is. Mm-hmm. Do I need the Toyota? Do I need the Ford or the Chevy? There's a difference, right? So if I am a Chevy owner of a Chevy dealership, my job is to sell you a Chevy no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We don't. You're not attached to any brand. We're unbiased, mm-hmm. which is a word that takes people a long time when they get to know me to really understand that it doesn't matter to me what you buy. Mm-hmm. I just want you to be informed so you can make a good decision for you. For sure, for sure. And at the end of the day, it's all about how you feel. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's what's the difference, the benefit that you guys provide to? Uh, I guess you kind of just said that in a way. Uh, say someone wants to get a car, why would they go to you instead of going to a dealership? Well, it depends on the client. Not everybody works with us. Mm-hmm. You know, we work with a select select niche of people uh, in the community. But uh, why would you choose me? Well, you know, you don't want to spend hours at the dealership. You want to mm-hmm. get unbiased information that's not from somebody selling you a car, like if you're only buying one particular stock, right? Mm-hmm. And that person works for that company, they're only they're only going to offer you that stock. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, that's a huge advantage. For sure. Because I can honestly tell you, I don't think this works for you. 
Yeah, yeah. And this is why. Like, people will ask me, hey, I like this car, and I'm really interested in reliability. It's very fun for me to say that car is not going to be reliable. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, if you want a BMW and you're not spending 40 grand mm-hmm. or more, the car's probably not going to be reliable. Especially if you're used to driving Hondas and Toyotas and you're trying to step up and get a BMW. You know, I'll tell you, listen, you need to get one that's still under warranty. Mm-hmm. Um, these cars aren't as reliable. They're super comfortable, super fun to drive, all that stuff. That's great. Mm-hmm. But you're used to only doing oil changes every year. You're going to do a lot more maintenance. So let's just get you up, up educated so that you can get ready for that mm-hmm. and budget for it. And then you'll have a much better experience. So would you say that you have a, a vast knowledge on all types of cars? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm what they call a master of over 10,000 hours of doing this. So, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it changes all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, the Internet's great. We, I, I can source the information that I need to help you. I don't like to act like I know it all. Mm-hmm. But I actually research it and look at it and try to come up with the best solution for you. Uh, but, yeah, I'm a master at that. For sure. Okay, yeah, so, so if, like, you're going to... A car dealership, you have that. I mean, you're going to that dealership. They only have their types of cars. Uh, there's no dealership that just is like everything. I guess there's used ones, but they they have their own interest behind that. You Even know? the used cars. <laughs> yeah. I have 300,000 used cars a day at my fingertips through auctions all over the country. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I literally can buy whatever car you want. Okay. <laughs> and so if I have th- – th- that's a thing, right? So I could own a dealership and put $2 million of inventory on the ground. And you would you would think, like, you've got all these options, right? I'm like, yeah. But I still need to sell these cars. Mm-hmm. I don't have to sell any of the three hundred thousand that I have in my database. Yeah, you don't I have can to. You go don't, yeah. <laughs> pick one for you mm-hmm. that works for you uniquely for you. Mm-hmm. That's so fun for me because it takes all the pressure off of man. I need to sell this car. Okay, you understand that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a big difference from going to any particular lot. Nothing against the dealers. The mm-hmm. dealers have great businesses, but. We just offer a unique opportunity for people to be educated first mm-hmm. and then get what they really need. So so, so me, I guess uh, I represent a certain type of person, I guess. I don't care about the car. Uh, I just want something that gets me from A to B and that's reliable, yeah. I guess. And that's also cheap. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't, I don't need something fancy. I don't. I honestly don't even care if it has hell da- right. damage. I, right. I don't care about that. <laughs> right. It's probably out of my scope. It's probably yeah. that's not in my area of expertise. Okay. I don't deal with that. Nice, you know? nice. And so, and I would be quick to tell you, hey, yeah, Andrew, yeah. I get what you're trying to do. It's, I'm not the best option for you. For sure. Uh, but call me if you need any help. Yeah, yeah. And maybe in a couple of years, like, my mindset will change around that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing, man. I mean, I, I would you, if you call me and said those things, I, I'm looking mm-hmm. for this. I need it to be cheap and I need to be reliable. I would tell you, well, reliability probably starts at 15 grand. Mm-hmm. Period. You okay. know, whether you're getting a Corolla well, I saw this, Ronnie. I'm like, yeah, you saw that, but you said you want it reliable. So mm-hmm. you're kind of arguing with yourself. It's like, okay, cheap and reliable don't go together in mm-hmm. my world of 23 years. Okay. You know, I'm like, that's probably not going to work out. Well, I guess good luck. there's a scale of reliability too. Okay. <laughs> like, I just need something that lasts five years. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and that, that's, yeah, I mean, and it, mm-hmm. I've seen it time and time again. For sure. You know, five years is a long time in the car world. You know what the average trade-in time for people in this town is? A year? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 30 to 32 months. Thirty. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Based on about $100 million of business every month in this town mm-hmm. of car business. So trading, meaning they're like they got their car and they're like, they're tired of it. They want something different. Oh, whatever. Something mm-hmm. happens. So like if you sign a 72-month loan, mm-hmm. odds of you keeping that car 72 months is very, very slim. 
Mm. I don't care who you are. And you may be the exception, not the rule, if you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah. You may be the exception. But based on data that I know is Mm -hmm. fact, I just talk from facts, you're probably not going to pay that car off. You're just going to be 30 to 32 months. You're going to have another kid. You're going to get into an accident. You're going to be in a hailstorm. Something's going to change. Job change, whatever. You're going to come out of that car in 30 to 32 months. Wow. That's that's crazy. (laughs) It's normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, I guess I'm I'm the exception. <laughs> you can be right now. I mean, yeah, and I yeah. was at one point, mm-hmm. but eventually that that starts to change. For sure, for sure. So with this business growing, uh, what do you think have been some of your biggest challenges in that? Biggest challenges is people. I mean, people are my biggest asset. And I think that if there was one thing, if someone's listening to this for any type of information from me, yeah, yeah, I would say if I could go back 20 years, I would hire more people sooner. Okay. No matter how much it cost me or how much money I lost. I okay. would hire more people and build a team sooner. Mm-hmm. Why Why is that? Because you can't get where you want to go on your own. So mm-hmm. uh, you ever heard of capacity? Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, this is a Patrick Bet David thing. Like you've got yeah, yeah. Shaquille O'Neal who came into the league with all of this capacity, right? Everybody is, could be the greatest NBA player of all time. He's, you know, seven foot tall. He's 300 pounds. Nobody can move him in the paint. And can't shoot free throws, you know, and then you've got shorter guys that come into the league and their capacity naturally is just lower, mm-hmm. right, on paper. But then you then you can actually maximize that capacity by putting in effort and reading and knowledge. So what I'm saying is if Shaquille O'Neal would have practiced free throws um, with somebody that mentored him, you know, over and over and over and over again, he probably would have won three more championships. Mm. So you you can have that type of capacity. Like I had a lot of capacity. But I didn't put enough knowledge in. Mm-hmm. And so now, lately, we've been reading a lot. We've been doing a lot of education, a lot of self-growth. That's another thing I would point out is one of my biggest obstacles. That w- it would be me. You know, mm-hmm. So I've done as much as I can by myself. But with people, it, you can triple the amount of For sure. stuff that you put out. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think was holding you back from, from hiring people faster? Myself. Fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, really, man. I mean, I'm just... This is just straight from the heart. Like I, I had people when I first started, got tired of them and said, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, that came out of my mouth. I'm doing this by myself. Mm. And I grew the business by myself for, for sure. a very long time and was very happy and comfortable and complacent. Yeah. Yeah. But then when I started bringing people back in, I realized I could double and triple my business mm-hmm. because my capacity may be 150%, mm-hmm. but there's one of me. Yeah. Yeah. If I've got five people that put out 80%, that's 400%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's. It's it's a very common thing for people to be afraid of people and, and uncomfortable with trying to hire and, and raise up people. Uh, but I think it's a mistake if you stop. Mm-hmm. There's a, a saying that I recently heard is like, I'd rather have like a hundred or one percent of a hundred people's uh, effort than, you know, a hundred percent of my effort or something like that. I think I I'm butchering remember it. Yeah, who yeah. said <laughs> that, but that's exactly right. It was either richest man in Babylon or it was uh, mm-hmm. Steve Jobs, one of those guys. I can't remember. I heard it this week somewhere. I don't remember, but yeah. 100 people with 1% effort to get you a lot further than two people with 200% effort. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And I, I'm asking more into that uh, because I think that's something that I struggle with and I, I would like to get insight on that. And that's why I'm I, I'm digging into that a little bit because I know I'm, I'm in that same uh, position you were. You're like, I feel like I can do it all myself and i know that cheaper yeah yeah it's cheaper <laughs> yeah. yeah you know it's like that's a common thing for sure and i'm just uh yeah it's it's interesting so so i i do 
do want to hire faster, but I'm, I'm like, like you said, there's fear involved in that. Like, I, I don't. Lots know. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you feel responsible for their well-being, their mm-hmm. income, everything, and uh, you know. So what I'm really trying to say, guys, is like 20 years. The the biggest obstacle has been myself. Mm-hmm. It's you know you have to take responsibility for it, and for sure, I don't think that uh, you know I had the right mentor. So you know, get a proven mentor. Mm-hmm. Read on stuff that you're working on. You know, even mm-hmm. if it's just a chapter a month. You know, put stuff in, and that increases your capacity. Like, think about if nice. every week for, uh, Shaq worked on free throws. Mm-hmm. Every week, you know, I guarantee you they would have won three more championships. Mm-hmm. It's in, it's crazy. He shot such a low percentage; it was stupid. Oh yeah, Shaq was the one that was like, they, they there's a lot of jokes about that actually. Hack the Shaq. Yeah. They would hack the, yeah, they would hack him. Yeah, <laughs> because they knew he wasn't going to make but like twenty percent of the shots. So. Uh. You know, uh, if he would have changed that, uh, the game, they would have had and to stop And that's just following. one little factor, you know. Like. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, for us business people, it's like, um, don't wait 10 years to start reading. Don't wait 10 years to start getting a mentor. Don't wait mm-hmm. 10 years uh, to, to do something different or uncomfortable because 10 years goes by like that. Yeah. I, I attribute a lot of my uh, success with this current business. I've started, tried to, attempted to start multiple businesses before and, like, never really got too far with them. And, uh the the main differentiating factor is that I had a, men, a proven mentor. I like how you put that that adjective. A proven mentor. It. Yeah, right. yeah. Like these are people who have run video video production companies that that have like millions money. of dollars in revenue. So it's like I learned from them. So it was like really cool, and it really helped me really figure things out. And actually, it was it was more than just you know the the knowledge they had with their business. Uh, a, a good mentor will help you break down those limiting uh, those limiting beliefs. And uh, what was the the just lost my train of thought. But yeah, yeah. You're on the right track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you know, 50 years old, it's still taking me a long time to understand that. For sure. You know, and so I think that... Um, oh, you're a half a century? Yeah, man. I'll be 51 <laughs> next month. Nice, cool, cool. You're still pretty young. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, man. Uh, is there anything you wanted to promote on this episode specifically? Not really. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I want to promote entrepreneurship. I want people to understand that you're not locked into what you think is the rest of your life. I think mm-hmm. that um, straight up though, you know, 20 years ago, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, do this because I did it. It's mm-hmm. like, um, I did it in spite of myself. And I think that people can do it if they put in some focus and they work hard, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's really where I'm at with it. You know, entrepreneurs, um, if you're out there and you're struggling and you're trying to do stuff, great. We all are, you know, but don't give up, keep moving. And find somebody you can follow that you that is proven. Yeah, you know no, for that, sure. And it's like so, you know, they're looking at all these different things. Like you said earlier, you tried these different things. Uh, find some focus. That's one thing. That's a superpower of mine. If you look at my numbers, right? So it's like ninety-eight to now. No side gigs. No side hustles. Yeah. Nothing. And so it's uh, crazy mm-hmm. how fast that goes. But focus gets you to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Chasing shiny things does not. It, yeah. it basically slows you down dramatically. Yeah, I've I've had to learn that lesson the hard way. Like when I when I sat with my mentor last year, uh, about a um, last year about a month, like tw- thirteen months ago, uh, we were chilling, and he was like, uh, "One thing is you got to have that focus. You can't let let yourself get sidetracked off of these things." Because he, he, I was I was talking with him, he's like, "I noticed this pattern with you," and he was like, "You got to have that focus. You can't can't get distracted and like." Everything has to lead to the ultimate purpose. Like this podcast, it's it is another thing, but it also 
it leads to my, my business as well. So it's like it's designed within the same realm. It's also video production as well. So it's like it's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that fear did that to me because I didn't think anybody would hire me. Yeah. yeah. Like I had no degree and nothing. And so for all these years, I was so afraid that if I didn't make it, I would have to like, I don't know, take mm -hmm. a job somewhere because I didn't think I was hireable outside of anything else than the military or whatever. And so that fear helped drive me to continue to focus every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm 28 right now. So that's like when you really started and had that. So I'm actually looking at that as a little bit of inspiration, you know, like yeah. maybe I can have that focus for 20 years. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's funny at, at my age, I really like talking to people about any type of entrepreneurship, their, their challenges or whatever. So, you know, you can call me anytime. And it's like, mm -hmm. um, I want to see people succeed. For and sure. I think that the number one thing is they have to believe in themselves mm -hmm. and you don't have to believe in yourself that you're going to get to 20 million. Mm -hmm. You really just have to believe in yourself that you're going to do the work this week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what that work is, is up to you. 15 contacts, 45 podcasts, yeah, yeah, this exactly. or that or whatever. You <laughs> can set those bars, but I don't need you to believe that you can take over the world. I need you to believe that you can finish your work this week. Yeah, no, for sure. You believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's, it's crazy how many people don't. Mm -hmm. I 100% I agree. Well, uh, this camera is about to shut off here, and I guess we can also uh, just wrap up the episode. This has been been, been pretty good. It's been great having you on, uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing you around and, you know, uh, just have having you as in my network is really awesome. <laughs> well, I hope it was helpful. Uh, I don't even remember what I said. Yeah. I hope it's helpful to somebody. Somewhere. Well, we recorded it, so. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be all right. Well, all right, man. Uh, this has been the COS Business Podcast, and we'll see you guys on the next one.